what's up everybody welcome back to the cut christian sean randy are back again uh we are into week two so we're coming at you with our week two content uh randy how are you uh i am uh tired tired that's that's the word but here we go let's keep christian, going other than bald how you doing damn i i second what randy said i'm very sleepy uh and I need a lot of rest. Like I'm gonna have to take a nap tomorrow before the Browns game. Facts. Like a nice long, like hour hour nap. That's a long nap for you. <laughs> I mean, yes. I I've came been- home on I came home on Sunday and I was so upset about the Indians and the Browns both losing that I napped for two and a half hours and I basically slept through all of the four o'clock games. I woke up and it was the fourth quarter of the saints and the Buccaneers. I, I nap like that on the weekends, but I hate wasting my evening after being at work all day. So I try to keep my nap short. You know what I'm saying? Randy, I thought you were going to comment about naps. No, he's flipping nope. me off. I think. Yeah. That <laughs> it's, it's fair. Um, so head over to uh, the cut ffv.com slash rankings for our uh, we our week two rankings are in there. Uh, we'll probably be referencing them a couple times on the start sit. Um, but we do we do have those in uh, Christian figured out a, a new formula of how to get those in. And apparently it was easier. Uh, yeah. we're, we're still working on how to bring you guys the consensus plus to show who, what how each person ranked. We'll get there. We just don't know when because we're not that smart. It's true. I'm sure there's a way that we could separate it. Uh, the The way we have the website set up is quarterbacks have their own sheet and then running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. If you haven't seen it, it looks really cool. Uh, so we don't want to fuck with that too much. We might be able to separate it into tabs, though, in the future. Got to talk to our tech guy. Yes. Um, and Christian, please stop changing the background color of my column. I like my column to be neon green. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look good, look good, feel good, rank good, you know? And neon yeah. greens to look good. Yeah, <laughs> neon green's an awesome color. Seahawks green. Russell but, yeah. Anyway, so that is the last thing we will figure out how to do. Uh, and then and Christian's argument against us was oh we'll just write an article no no there's no no point in doing both so no i'm not going to write an article too yes thank you randy thank you for your support for that. I, I will um, admit it took a lot of time to do that last week when i put out my article and did my rankings and did the yeah. consent yeah. yeah so like yeah, yeah just put out the well. <laughs> anyway um so moving in so full-fledged week two um First thing before we get started with our Thursday night preview and our starts and sits, what are uh, is there any game like one single game you guys are looking forward to? Um, for me, probably Falcons Cowboys because there's just going to be a million points scored, fantasy wise. Yeah, that's my two A one receivers going head to head too. So and my A one running back, lots of lots of things. I should have just picked all the Falcons. Um, well, I uh, joked yeah. about that, and you shot me down three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be smart, but um, no, the game I'm looking forward to is probably just the Homer and me, the Browns game, but for a lot of different reasons. I was trying to reference non Thursday because we're going to talk about Thursday night, but sure, Christian, go ahead. Well, 
Oh, well, I haven't really looked at the slate intently and don't remember who plays football this weekend. <sighs> well, I'm glad this question was. I am, I am uh, interested to see the Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson matchup. I will say that. He, he picked he picked another primetime game as his, as the game he's excited for. That's the game I was going to pick, too. This piece of I'm shit. sorry. Uh, well, I, the, the shitty thing is those are the two best games. Uh, just I think to be able to watch and for fantasy this week, uh, obviously we're all three going to watch the Browns game uh, today for them tomorrow. I feel like Saints Raiders is going to kind of suck. I, I, assume, I assume if if the Raiders offense can continue to put up that kind of points, it could be fun. I think they're more of a 21 to 27 kind of point team. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Also, part of me kind of thinks. Part of me kind of thinks the Browns Bengals game is going to end up like seventeen to thirteen. Very well, could man. That's a lot of these games. I, I think this is going to be the week of the blowout or the boring games. Unfortunately, I, I have a controversial question to ask. Shocked. Yeah. So right. Baker what got his mean? start during a Thursday night game. Will it be? Nope. No, because What? Will it be Baker's end tomorrow? No. (laughs) Okay. Christian, I don't need your questions to back up whatever your clickbait article is going to be next week, okay? (laughs) I I really just don't care. Listen, if you actually read my article, you know I said that the Baker concern is bullshit. It's an overreaction. So It would be very clickbait if I didn't click it. I wouldn't. Yes. Yeah, I get it. That's what I don't write clickbait. I write. I know, that's why it's <laughs> 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 Moving on. Um, so, really quick, let's do our Thursday night preview. Um, we've already talked about it. Um, so, Cincinnati Bengals on the road in Cleveland against the Browns. I do have a friend that is going to the game. His dad has been a season ticket holder for twenty plus years, and he was able to get tickets. He of the six thousand. It'll be it'll be interesting to see the fans. You have to think they're going to be very loud for just being six thousand of them, um, but but I mean Browns fans usually bring it whenever whenever that stadium is full. So at six thousand, you would have to think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, number one pick versus number one pick. Obviously, that's been the uh, advertisement all week. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, Browns are a six point home favorite, and as much as I hated how last week looked, I, I think that that's probably about right. Yeah. Mm. It- didn't I'm pretty sure it opened at an eight point favorite too. So it might have gone down. But down. you look at you look at the Bengals injuries that they're about to have, especially on defense, it makes sense. And I'll talk about that a little bit uh a little bit later. But with the Bengals defense defensive injuries with the Browns hopefully getting both Conklin and Wills back. They were both practicing in limited fashion, should both play tomorrow. Um it should you would you would think that the game script is going to change from obviously what you saw for Cleveland. Um, the Bengals, I mean, LA is a decent defense, but I mean they're nothing special that way. And the Bengals did struggle to score. Yeah, uh, I mean I, I'm gonna disagree with the special first <laughs> LA's yeah, defense. They're I they're very so. good. They would have been a top ten defense with. Uh, without uh, losing Derwin James. Right, but they they're lost still, him, which makes me say but that. But they still have a good people. defensive line. They have at least one good linebacker to speak of, and they have pretty good secondary. So 
that 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 uh the Twitter video of everybody being excited about Joe Mixon uh because of all the improvements that the Bengals did on the defensive line and you see both edge rushers for the Chargers kind of come like this and like in between and Joe Burrow was swallowed up in like 0.5 seconds it's a very yeah. funny video so for for this game for me it's I think Burrow I mean we saw Lamar kind of throw all over the Browns so I think Burrow is going to kind of open it up this week. Uh, AJ Green played, I believe, sixty-six percent of snaps or so. Was healthy, had a decent target share, so I think he might be full go this week, and that could be bad for the Browns secondary, who didn't look good last week. I uh, but in that in that case, I think it's going to be more. I think Ward will be on AJ Green most of the time, where he yeah, wasn't really on AJ Brown, and. I, you have to think the Browns are going to get a lot more pressure on Burrow than they did against Jackson last week with, with Garrett coming off the edge and Vernon coming off the edge the other way. You would hope. Uh, I I know Christian talked about this earlier as well in the week, uh, but we did personally. I know uh, that Mixon should get back on track this week, but it is going to be a lot harder than people think. Uh, the Ravens did run for over 100 yards, but that was Lamar both running all three running backs like the the Browns kind of bought it up oh one of the best running uh, offenses in the league I don't think they're going to completely shut down Mixon but they're going to do a pretty good job so uh, like I said it's going to be Burrow kind of open it up the Browns should be a run heavy offense Uh, we'll see how this kind of goes like you said it could be 17-13 plus 30 like 30 of those rushing yards kind of came when the game was already out of reach in the third and fourth quarter Yeah, exactly. Um, that, but, means, that means usually but during the crunch time when it was actually a somewhat good game. Yeah. Competitive. Yeah. They, they, the, they, the Browns did well. Yeah. They were they were they were holding I mean it for some reason they just didn't decide to guard to cover Mark Andrews for like two and a half quarters. Well, they um, tried. They tried. Um regarding I'm gonna Joe take Mixon, the Browns to cover. Okay, I'm going to go fuck myself uh, trying to get a word in here. Jesus Christ. Um, We both talked at the same time. That's not fair. Anyway, Joe Mixon does have fantasy value because of Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon putting pressure on Burrow. He's going to look to his dump downs. He's going to look to Tyler Boyd. I I actually think Randy touched on A.J. Green. I think the wide receiver to have this week is Tyler Boyd for the Bengals. Actually, I think I have Tyler Boyd ahead of every single receiver in this game. Including Odell and Jarvis, so I think I do too, man. <laughs> and I, I will say, I will no, say, I your boy John Ross was actually the snap leader last week. Silent, yeah, and he just missed on two deep balls. The yes. one he, if he would have fucking laid out for it, it would have been golden. But he just kind of reached like a pussy. I don't think he's good enough receiver to be laying out for the balls anyways, man. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> He's fast, dude. He thought he was going to catch it. Yes, he's fast, Christian. Yes, yes. (laughs) He's very fast. You done talking now? Oh. It's going to be a fun. But looking at it, I have, um, I believe I have Beckham over Boyd, but I think that's it. Well, and we also ranked with the assumption that Landry's going to play, and he's questionable. He's going to be a game-time decision, I think, so. Yeah, he practiced today, though. I think he'll. I think he'll be in. Wasn't he limited? Yeah, but I mean, it's up from no practice yesterday. That's yeah, that's good. It's I'm the sure. same argument I make about Conklin. It's just pretty wild that, <laughs> I mean, Odell was obviously 
not feeling well in the first half last week. Jarvis is banged up still. And th- this is from his hip, right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, so we haven't had a healthy Odell or Jarvis ever. Uh, think about that. Ever. Yeah. Might not matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm going to say I, I think the Browns win by seven or ten. You know, I'll I'll be I'll be with you there. I'll take the Browns to cover. Mm. Uh, yeah, fine, fine. I'll take the Browns. You can take the Browns to not cover. You know that, right? Like you could take yeah. it to win. By- yeah, I, I, I'll take him to win by Austin Cyber missed field goal. He's That's actually not, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, he's not even. Here. <laughs> Everybody made such a big deal about that, but he's not even going to be the kicker. I know. No, he was just on the team because they had. Their kicker's banged up, right? He's got yeah, two strange calves. Both quads. <laughs> calves, yeah. Whatever it is. He was, lim- he was limping with his left calf when he came off the field last week, and then in his, he was interviewed and talked about his right calf. So either he was completely making it up, and he just wanted to look less embarrassing for missing that field goal, or both of his calves are hurt. I'll go with the former. <laughs> What a joke. All right. Uh, so let's uh, let's do it. Let's do our starts and sits for week two. Starts and sits of the week. All right. So let's start here. And then, as always, I will go first. And we're going to start with the quarterback position. Um, look, I know you guys hate him. You guys are known, known haters of this certain quarterback. And it's been well documented for the 2020 season. But Aaron Rodgers last week looked like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, obviously, a healthy Devontae Adams really makes the entire offense better, which goes without saying, but like healthy to the point where this dude can catch 15 passes for 200 yards and it won't, um, and it, no one would blink an eye. And uh, he gets Aaron Rodgers after having four touchdowns last week, looking good. He had, he had that ridiculous, that like sidearm throwdown Lazard on that slant route for a touchdown. It was gross. He gets to play a Detroit Lions defense that just gave up 242 yards and three touchdowns to Mitchell Trubisky. As much as we joke, that's pretty much saying something in itself. Oh, and not to mention that Desmond Trufant is battling a hamstring injury. Jeff Okuda is battling a hamstring injury. And Justin Coleman was placed on IR. So the Lions could be down to their fourth and fifth corners in this game. Aaron Rodgers in his two games last year against Detroit put up 606 yards and four touchdowns and the Lions got zero pressure on Mitch Trubisky, especially in the fourth quarter, which allowed him to find open receivers to complete that comeback. Um, And I don't see them getting a ton of pressure on Aaron Rodgers either. I I'm full on Aaron Rodgers this week. I have him ranked as my quarterback seven, and I think he's going to have two weeks of just, looking like his old self. Yeah, man, uh, as low as I am, as low as we are on Rodgers, he's I'm full sending Rodgers this week. I think I have him as QB seven as well. He's our consensus. I'll pull that up too. Let me just spring a leak here. Okay. (laughs) He is our consensus. He's quarterback seven. Yeah, I think I'm so, the lowest. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I fully believe in Aaron Rodgers this week. I don't think he's going to look as good as he did last week. And also, your point about Mitch Trubisky, I was rewatching the game today. Man, it. I don't think it was just the Lions, man. Mitch Trubisky looked really good. He was rolling Bro, he out had to- three quarters of looking terrible. And it was I know. Three in, in the fourth quarter. Yes. Three and a quarter quarters because he fumbled at the beginning of the fourth, too. Correct. But, but then that do that rollout touchdown when he rolled out. It was just his- the Lions doing what they always do, and it's finding a way to lose a football game. Listen, I'm just saying they kind of dominated that passing game for three quarters. They got banged up. Eventually, he kind of got hot, started going. I think Rogers is going to be a QB one this week. I just, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I just want to point out that they, they can do something. It's not going to be a complete inept coverage game against them. Sure, but I mean, like I said, they're down to their fourth and fifth corners. Possibly. Possibly. Even so, I mean, yeah, okay, that's fine. I was going to say, because, I mean, hamstring injuries, especially for cornerbacks, isn't a good thing. But, no. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, feet. makes sense. All right, well, my guy, who I also have as QB1 this week, is Ben Roethlisberger for this start of the week. He was QB12 last week after getting a very slow start, kind of looking sluggish. He finally got the rust off going into the second half. Broncos kind of got thrown on all day by Tannehill, who they did kind of slow down A.J. Brown, but they let Corey Davis catch the ball a ton. He got open. I think the Steelers receivers are going to be able to get open. The Broncos are continually getting hurt. They just lost A.J. Brown. He's going to the IR. The Broncos are looking like the last four years of the Falcons defense where all their stars are going down. And they're just going to be a bad defense. That's what's going to end up happening here. They pretty much just have Simmons and Bradley Chubb left. I'm not scared of this defense anymore. I think with Connor injured, he might be playing. He might be limited. We're not 100% sure yet. But either way, I think they're going to lean on the passing game early and often. And they have a lot of weapons there to kind of spread the ball around. I think he's a QB one of the week against a really beaten down defense on a short week for them too, because they played Monday night late. Yeah. Uh, well, they had the early game Monday, but still, the just... Broncos played Monday night late. Oh yeah. yeah. My yeah. quote, my my quote that I found hilarious was Ben Roethlisberger said he felt like he had just gotten into a car accident of how he felt this morning. Yeah, it was okay. his first game in two years. Right, Randy. How would you feel about this this choice if? James Washington and Deontay Johnson are out. There was I, Juju on the injury report. Oh, over it was, it was Juju and Deontay. Yeah. It wasn't James Washington. It was Juju and Deontay to both didn't practice today. Yeah. Are you sure Deontay also wasn't? He said or, Juju I mean, James Washington. I don't yeah. know about James Washington, but I do know Juju and Deontay both didn't practice. Yeah. So it sounds like a rest day is what it's what it's yeah. it's a short week. If their players are slightly banged up, they're most likely not going to practice. Yeah. Okay. So they'll they'll play, and that was an irrelevant. They're going to play. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I have no no qualms with that. Sean, do you have anything about Ben Roethlisberger? No, especially if Connor's out. Yeah, agreed. All right, my guy is a guy that I'm fairly low on, um, season long, but has just a great matchup this week. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. I have him as my QB 12, I think, this week. So he's a back-end one, but he's playing the Jets. Uh, he was quarterback 18 last week. 
didn't look great. Had a terrible QBR of 35.2, which was 26th in the league. That's that's fucking atrocious. Um, he's but however he is playing against or playing behind the seventh ranked offensive line. He's going up against the eighth worst pass rush, so he's gonna have time to uh, really find his receivers. And the good thing is, is he should be getting one of his receivers back in Brandon Ayuk. Uh, it all signs point to him playing this week. The Jets had the seventh worst pass defense in Week One, and they played Josh Allen, who just shouldn't have t- torn any defense apart. Um, the overall strength of schedule for Jimmy G this year has him at second overall behind only Lamar Jackson against the Texans secondary. I think George Kittle is going to suit up. Everything's lining up for Jimmy Garoppolo to have a big week. I think 12 is modest. I think he could be like a top six or seven guy. Um, I don't know where he fell in our consensus rankings. I don't know where he fell in your guys's, but this is a guy I'm definitely targeting in DFS because I didn't touch him for, for redraft leagues. And so I don't have any players. You're talking Jimmy G? Yeah. 12 in our consensus. Hmm. I have him at 15. Brandon at 12. Randy at 11 and you at 12. Okay. So we're all pretty much on the same page there then. Yeah, I don't. It's mainly just because Josh Allen got to throw like 45 times on these guys. I think Jimmy G is going to throw 30 plus times. I don't think he's going to have like 500 yards or any Matt Ryan stat line, but I think he's going to have three touchdowns. That's going to be the kind of kicker here. Yeah, and and I did mention George Kittle. I I think he'll play, but if he doesn't, he's got Jordan Reed now. And I know that sounds weird, but Jordan Reed is still a good athlete when healthy. I, I think he'll get my hopes up for that dude. <laughs> you don't have you guys know, you guys know how big I am and Jordan Reed when he was with. Oh, Logan. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Now just get your hopes up for Logan Thomas over there, dude. I already have, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll told you guys. We'll see how week two goes, man. I'm not sold yet. Dude, if, if George Kittle's out, you bet your ass I'm picking up Logan Thomas. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Running backs time. Yay. Um, let me scroll down the dock here. Okay. So I'm going to go back to Thursday night. And it's kind of the um, the narrative that I've been thinking about really since Sunday's horridness ended. Basically, I want to push that out of my brain forever. Um, look, Nick Chubb was a huge disappointment last week, but if you would have listened to us, you would have known that we weren't too high on it. We weren't really high on a lot of stuff with the Browns, especially when it came to the receivers, just because we figured that the Browns were not going to win that game. But the Browns hopefully shouldn't be down early in this game, especially be down big. but. They the Browns run, ran play action week one at like twenty three percent of their snaps, which is way too low for what Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt want to do in that offense. That's going to change, and the way play action works is if you can establish a run first, and that's where Chubb is going to come in in this game. Yes, Kareem Hunt's going to take some snaps away. Yes, Kareem Hunt's going to get targets where Nick Chubb maybe won't, but I don't think that matters, especially in this game. We talked about the Browns are a six point home favorite meaning they should be running the ball because hopefully this will either be close or they will be up and they won't need to throw as much. Nick Chubb is still an outstanding running back. So don't panic. 
and I talked about it already, the Bengals are going to be without both of their starting defensive tackles for this game, meaning there should be a lot of room up the middle. And they're also without one of their safeties who's a better tackler than he really is a defender in Sean Williams. Um, so, and Austin Eckler had a pretty good 4.42 yards per carry in week one, 10 carries for 89 yards. So I am totally okay with getting back on the Nick Chubb bandwagon for tomorrow, for technically tonight's game. So <laughs> I, I didn't think about this until just now. Um, I, I think the starting defensive tackles are going to be bad for the Browns. The starting defensive tackles being out, I mean, um, because they like to run those stretch plays outside zone. And so they're going to be handing the ball off in outside zones and running into the linebackers, or they're going to force it up the middle, which will take away that play action rollout. And so Baker's going to be a fucking pocket quarterback, but Nick Chubb should still be good. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I don't, I, my outlook for the Browns just went, went lower somehow based on Nick Chubb. I, I, I guess I don't get it. I don't see why they would, they wouldn't maybe flip the game plan a little bit to try to run more inside. Well, they would, that's what I'm saying. If they force that, then you force Baker to drop back in the pocket. You know, you do know you can run play action plays off of inside handoffs, right? Thank you. I, did I say play action rollout or did I say play action? Because you can run play action rollout off of inside. You can. Right. And my argument was that the play action in itself needs to increase, which means outside or inside. That's fine. If you guys or- think Baker's good in the pocket, more power to yeah, none of none of what none of anything of what I said involved Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb is going to get more running room than I think you're going to give him credit for in this game, especially if the Browns line is going to be better than it was in Week One, which I think it is. So even if they are running into linebackers, dude. Number also, sorry, Randy. I know you wanted to talk. It's, their offensive line was fine. They sure. were sixth in pass blocking and like eighth and run blocking like they were good already right they and they weren't able to get run. much better and they weren't able yeah. to run because of a very good front seven that baltimore has Bengals well, front they, seven isn't anywhere near what the Bengals or what they they ran really effectively they just had to go away from it but then but then it started in the second quarter they really couldn't run to the right side they were getting blown up every time they tried to go to that side so that's kind of that's one of the reasons why they abandoned anyway yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I but I, I get your concern when it comes to the outside play action. But I think the it's, the play calling is going to be much, much more fluid. I hope so. All right. Well, enough of your doom and gloom. I'll go on to my start of the week for running back, and it's going to be a rookie kind of alongside what Christian's going to be doing. I'm going Jonathan Taylor. A uh, little bit of a low hanging fruit here, I will say, but the breakout game is coming a lot sooner than we all kind of thought. A lot of us knew that Marlon Mack was going to be heavily used early on, going to be more of a split backfield. He's gone now. Jonathan Taylor's the predominant running back. He will get some passing work. Naeem Hines will get it done, kind of both as well, but he's way more of a pass-catching running back. We <laughs> They have a great matchup this week, going against the Packers, who threw. <laughs> all over the Vikings and still rush for over 150 yards. 
I am not really scared of this matchup at all against the Vikings. I think both teams are going to be running the ball a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of kind of grind out game, and that's going to lead to great games from both Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yeah, and we saw this team try to win with Rivers throwing the ball a ton. Didn't work. They lost to a team that's tanking from the front office. And <laughs> for them to be good and for them to win, they need to run them down people's throat with Jonathan Taylor, have Rivers throw 25 to 30 times a game. I think Taylor's going to be an RB1 this week. I think he's getting 20-plus carries, maybe a catch or two, uh, kind of a la Josh Jacobs last week. Okay. I, I'm with you, obviously. I think he's a I think I have him as a high end RB two. Um what would like a, a lot of his value in week one came from his pass catching. Yes, you think because that, he carries with Marlon Mack. Right. But then well, the whole second half he was the the guy out there, right? I mean him and Hines split still. <laughs> and it still will be a split between those two because for whatever reason Frank Reich said, I'm going to give Naeem Hines the ball on fourth and one. That's a weird call. Um, but would, would you be a little concerned if he's handed the ball 20 times and not getting the pass catching work? Why would I be concerned with Jonathan Taylor getting handed the ball 20 times? It was just a question, bro. It was just a question. And I'm saying that's the answer. <laughs> okay. You should never be concerned with a high-level running back getting 20-plus carries. Just like I said last week, Josh Jacobs was only going to get 20-plus carries and one or two catches. He out he outplayed that and became the RB1 of the week. Jonathan Taylor won't do that because he's, in my opinion, not as good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, there are very similar running backs, and I think it's going to kind of be the same kind of style play for Taylor to be effective in this league. Going behind a really good offensive line, running the ball down people's throats 20-plus times, getting a few passes here and there to kind of supplement those PPR leagues like we love. KK, all right. Uh, my guy is J.K. Dobbins. Um, and Houston's just going to keep getting toasted by rookie, rookie running backs. Um, and, and I got to say, I put out a tweet that J.K. Dobbins is the back to own, or to roster, pardon me, uh, to roster in Baltimore and people were arguing with me saying, Oh, it's week one. The game script was in favor of JK. JK wasn't even that good. Uh, he, the thing that stepped his level up above Mark Ingram was he got the high value touches. He was the goal line back. Do I think that's always going to be the case? I'm not sure, but what I am sure of is that Mark Ingram looked really freaking slow. I, among running backs with a minimum of eight rushes, his defense adjusted value over average was negative 26.1%, good for 29th in the league. And there are, I think, 36. So he was as bottom tier as it gets. J.K. Dobbins had seven touches or seven rushing attempts, and his defense adjusted value over average was 48.1, which would have placed him at RB3 in the league. A lot of that came from the goal line touches, of course, but J.K. Dobbins looked like the real deal. Um, he finished higher than Mark Ingram last week. He outsnapped Mark Ingram last week. 
Uh, PFF graded him at 63.7 or the 23rd best back in the league. They graded Mark Ingram at 53.1 or the 51st best back in the league. I don't put a ton of stock into PFF, but that is pretty drastic. And I think J.K. Dobbins is going to take this job and not not look back starting this week because we already saw that a rookie running back can just torch this defense. I don't think it's getting any better for Houston. So start J.K. Dobbins. You'll get RB2 value. Best case is RB1. Worst case is flex, but probably falls somewhere in the middle. <laughs> That's a very wide range of outcomes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yes I, oh, he- well. He's playable, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Casey's top five. Where's Casey's like top thirty? But play him anyway. I think I had him finish as my RB. Uh, RB thirteen. You have him at thirteen. Yes, yes. I have him at twenty-three. Randy has him at twenty-one. Yes. Yeah. So does Yes. So I, I right. think. The worst case scenario of him being flex worthy is something that none of us really even see. I think RB2 is that sweet spot. Yeah. Nope. That means it's back to me. Um, All right. So I was very intrigued watching Sunday Night Football for one main reason. And that's that a guy that I've been higher on probably than both of you guys for a couple of years now. It, with with good reason for your guys to kind of be a little bit uh, pump the brakes on him. But Amari Cooper looked healthy. He had 10 targets in week one, and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb combined for 11. Um, he was creating pretty good separation underneath routes, and that's usually one of the arguments against Amari Cooper is that he doesn't get off, like he doesn't get off routes and get off get up when he goes up against corners he doesn't create a ton of separation he usually it's usually deep balls that he can that he can win on but he looked good that way um Atlanta gave up a thousand yards to Russell Wilson last week maybe an exaggeration but you get my point um any we you know, we've we've continuously hammered the point home that any kind of game against Atlanta there's going to be a ton of fancy points because they're going to put up points offensively and their defense is not going to, not going to stop anybody at all. Um, Christian, I know he had an honorable mention for Michael Gallup as his start of the week, even though it's as his wide receiver start, but he went a different way. Um, the Cowboys defense isn't good either. So this is going to be a very high scoring game. Uh, again, he looks healthy. Um, He's most likely going to be matched on the rookie out of Clemson and AJ Terrell, so you have to think that he's going to have um, he's going to have a good matchup there. And again, he looks healthy. That I think is the biggest thing for him. But he looks good, so I'm I, I feel very good that Amari Cooper could finish as high as the top five guy this week because if he gets the same stat line that he had last week and adds a touchdown to it, then we're definitely talking about a different story going into week two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, like like Sean said, I had an honorable mention of Michael Gallup. I'm starting CD Lamb. Like, I just start everyone, especially. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if you mentioned Blake Jarwin being out. I mean, that's that's opening targets up because they're not giving it to what's his name, Dalton Schultz. 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. They're not giving him the same target share that they were going to give Blake. Um, but that's that's Jarwinism, you know, survival of the fittest. Ooh. I haven't seen that joke yet, and so I thought, you yeah, know, because it's a bad joke. It's a good one. It's a good one. Jarwin. Right. Uh, All right. But uh, but yeah, I'm with you too, Sean. My, I think it's kind of like you said, start all weapons. My only reservation would be the top five only because I believe Zeke's our consensus for RB1 this week. So maybe that high, high upside's a little capped, but I don't think wide receiver one's out of the question. So I'm with you. Uh, Going into mine, it's a guy that, might have less competition for targets, and that's going to be Mike Evans for my wide receiver start of the week this week. I have him highest among us. I have him as third on the week. I think this is going to be his one of his five or six 20-plus games, 20-plus point games this year. Uh, I know he's kind of a roller coaster along with Sean's start of the week and Amari Cooper. I think this is one of the weeks you're going to want to grab onto that ride. Chris Godwin in the concussion protocol is really a scary thing because it got mentioned today and that's Wednesday uh, and that's kind of late in the process for it to be really evaluated like that. It does worry me that he's not going to be playing at all. I don't think he's going to get cleared. If he does, uh, I'm honestly going to be shocked. I mean, good for him. I think we all ranked Godwin a good amount just hoping that he could get in this week. But I think Evans is going to be the breakout guy this week. They're going up against the Panthers, who, I mean, let's be real, got torched by the Raiders. The Raiders put up 38 points. Uh, I'm not scared. I, I think Brady is going to get back on track, uh, show why he tr- is trying to leave the Patriots and win a title. I think they're going to kind of explode. I don't think they have as good a running game anywhere near as the Raiders do, so they're going to be getting it done through the air this week, and that's going to be with Evans. Don't say that. Don't say that to Christian. I was just gonna he, say, don't disrespect Ronald Jones like that. Um, he doesn't also, disrespect. He, not, it's a fact. They have a better line and a better running back. Yeah. Not sure if <laughs> you mentioned. But, not sure if you mentioned, but Chris Godwin is in concussion protocol. He definitely oh, mentioned. Huh? That I was like I, the most I, of you. Man. Yeah, I'm half. I'm half. I'm half listening. I'm <laughs> half well, watching. Well, half yeah, watching God, another epic collapse by this baseball that team is, that I follow. That leaves it to Mike Evans basically being the dominant guy. I don't think there's a corner on this team that can really stop him, especially in the red zone. The tight ends are going to put in work, all three of them. Scotty Miller is going to put in some work, but it's going to be Evans' show. Who is who? Who even is like the starting quarterback for the Panthers? Dante is Jackson. Is yeah. it because I because they got rid of James Bradbury? Yep. Yeah, who played really well for a little while there. Um, yeah, for the first half. Um with with the Bucks, I guess my only comment is the Godwin concussion protocol does scare me a lot. I feel like this happened with Sterling Shepard once last year where it the signs didn't the symptoms didn't show up until a couple it days later. It absolutely happened to Sterling Shepard. <laughs> That's true. Or uh Brandon Cooks last year too. Yeah. It might have been Brandon Cooks actually, but the symptoms didn't show up until 2 days later and then he was out 2 or 3 weeks. So, so the difference, it, like what usually would happen in the scenario, it's not the symptoms aren't necessarily showing up; it's that he didn't get checked. Yeah, he didn't or get probably. Checked. 
Yeah, he didn't report his own symptoms, probably. But. He wasn't looking wobbly on the field, so they didn't check him. He didn't ask to be checked or anything. Obviously, they had an off day Monday, Tuesday. He's probably fighting through it. He probably had a little bit. He probably was fighting the lights a little bit today. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. All right. Uh, these guys went with pretty much like consensus wide receiver ones and twos and more widely known names. I think that's widely known names. I, I will, I will say I last week, my wide receiver start of the week didn't play out that great uh, just because he got more of a bad matchup than I thought he would with Parker going down and Preston Williams. Hey, mine didn't even play. The reason I went Mike Evans because I have him three where you guys have him nowhere near that. Yeah. My, my guy, my start of the week last week didn't even play. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't disparaging you guys. I was no, just kind of highlighting it. that I yeah. do not expect Anthony Miller, who was my wide receiver start of the week, to finish where these guys finish. That is not what I am insinuating. Please don't put words in my mouth uh, when you see this on the graphic today. <laughs> um, ironically, though, Anthony Miller, so he's going up against the Giants, and he has the third most advantageous matchup in week two uh, behind what was assumed to be Chris Godwin, so now probably Scotty Miller. And I don't remember who the other one was, but um, he's lining up primarily against a rookie corner in Darnay Holmes. His coverage grade was shit last week. Of course, he was facing a really good Steelers wide receiving core. Um, But Anthony Miller was actually pretty impressive against the Lions last week, which to that tune, like the Lions and the Giants have a pretty comparable secondary. and Anthony Miller finished week one at wide receiver 19 on only six targets. Uh, I think he averaged 19 yards per reception. He finished seventh in the league in yards per route run behind Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen and ahead of Julio Jones and guys like DeAndre Hopkins. He finished 15th in DVOA. Basically, he was he was great in week one, and it kind of went unnoticed because the story was Mitch Trubisky in the fourth. Uh, I'd say the story was the Lions and DeAndre Swift. Well, but yeah, that, that, that story too. Was a lot of that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Giants had the eighth worst coverage grade overall, so even if they decide not to roll with Darnay Holmes, he's going to get a good matchup. Um, Darnell Mooney showed that he was a problem for the Bears, meaning that the Giants are up against it again. I mean, uh, the Bears have three viable receiving options, and then – Jimmy Graham was actually pretty good last week, which Don't is you dare. Don't you gross. dare. Nope, nope, nope. La, 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 la. I'm not like- <laughs> it, was, it was gross, but he, he caught a touchdown. He almost caught a second touchdown. And he caught, I thought he did catch two. They, I think they ruled him down at the like half-yard line. And then that's when Trubisky had his little rollout to the left. But I think Miller gets in the end zone this week, and I think he's going to see more than six targets. I know there was, and I I put this in here before the Allen Robinson trade rumors and all that shit. That's not going to impact Allen Robinson's work. If anything, it was squeaky wheel, and Robinson could be fed the ball. But I think that's only going to open things up for Anthony Miller. So I'd start him as a wide receiver two this week, uh, and, and be pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, I I yeah, and he's been a guy that I think he's been looked at as a sleeper for the last two seasons. Like when can he ever put it all together? But he's just never, he hasn't been able to stay on the field, but when he came back last year, he was good. And he looked really good in week one. So absolutely. Yeah. And to the end zone point of view, he's 
shown the ability to have a nose for the end zone. So I'm with you. I think I had him as a mid-tier RB3 this week only because of the not not an ultra-high target share last week. Or targets, I should say. I'm not quite sure on the target share number. Uh, and the still slight uh, hindrance of having that quarterback. So I, yes. I even at that low, though, I, I think I'm with you. I think it it's... I think I'd be comfortable as a, a back-end wide receiver two kind of situation. Dope. Yep. All right. Um, moving on to tight ends here. If there's one thing we know Tyrod Taylor likes to do, it's target his tight ends. He did it with Charles Clay. He made Charles Clay a, a, a thing when Charles Clay should have never been a thing. And he's never been a thing since Tyrod Taylor. Um, and even in week one this year for Los Angeles, he had a 26% target share go to Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is my tight end start of the week because, number one, the Chiefs will gladly let you dump down to tight ends on underneath routes and not get beat deep. Uh, and like you saw that in week one against Houston, and you saw it all of last year. Uh, like Opposing tight ends against Kansas City had the second most targets in the NFL at 145, but they had the second lowest average yard per target high Dakota for each tight end um, at like 6.8 or something nuts. And Hunter Henry um, averaged 5.5 receptions per game against the chiefs last year. And he, his average uh, yard per route in week one was something like 6.9. So he, Hunter Henry nice. is going to run. Yes. I don't even know if that number is true, but I'm just saying it. Um, yeah. Hunter Henry is going to run the short routes. Tyrod Taylor is going to do that because, you know, I, you, everybody knows my feelings on Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. Um, but this is a matchup that he can take advantage of. Basically, he doesn't even have, in this game, he wouldn't even have to find the end zone. He could have six, seven catches for 60, 70 yards, and that could put him in the top end, like top 10 for the tight ends this week. So I'm, I, I'm very confident in Hunter Henry. I'm with you there. He was tied at one last week. It's happening again. Um, rolling into mines, same kind of situation. A uh, little bit different, though. Mine's going to be Jared Cook on the week. With Michael Thomas going down for a couple weeks, I think this first week back, it's going to be a lot of Kamara and Jared Cook for this offense in the passing game. I know Emmanuel Sanders is going to get the job done because he's a good veteran receiver. I think Traquan Smith has a good chance to kind of be a, like a DFS dark horse or maybe a flex appeal in a deep league. But I think Jared Cook is going to kind of come out on top of all this and the non-Camara aspect of this passing game. Uh, it's a plus matchup against Raiders who just let the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> score 34 points. I don't think you should be scared of that with Jared Cook. I think he's just going to keep going. He doesn't need a touchdown to be a tight end one, just like Sean said with Hunter Henry. But I do think he's going to get it because him and Kamara are the only red zone targets left. Uh, that job was primarily owned by Michael Thomas. <laughs> so I I am just, I'm all in on him this week. I believe I have him as tight in five on the week. I think he's getting six or seven catches and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, I actually is. When the news broke that Michael Thomas was going to be out, I had already ranked uh, my guys. and. As soon as I saw that, I bumped up Jared Cook. I bumped up Sanders a little bit, but most of the bump up went to Cook. I mean, I brought him up like eight spots. So 
I, I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was not going to be tight in five <laughs> until I knew Thomas was gone. Yeah. So I, I love it this week. Yeah, I'll, I I will also. I'll probably also have to adjust mine to move them up because I have them at eleven. Please I let mean, me know I, so I can update I the rankings. I think I would say like thirteens is absolute. I kind of want to wait until Sunday though to see what happens with Kittle. I mean, it. Those are those guys are kind of to be determined. Like I had yeah. Kenny Gallagher at two last week. Obviously, I knew he wasn't going to be two once he was out for the game. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I put asterisks by everyone who was on the injury report in the rankings. So if if you guys are confused why people are asterisked, what a tough word. Um, then that that is why. All right. My tight end start of the week. Hashtag Janu season. It's in my Twitter bio. It's going to stay there. He was really shitty in week one, actually. He finished tight end eight. He was bailed out by a touchdown. His catch rate of 57% went against everything that I touted about him all offseason. But the Broncos defense actually held him in check in that they were, I mean, they were they were on him. He wasn't really getting as open as I would have hoped. Um, his defense adjusted value over average was 20th, but his he got seven targets. And for a tight end, any tight end really that hits that seven target threshold, like even Chris Herndon, Chris Herndon got seven targets in week one and he's the the hot topic, which I, I should have made him my sit of the week after making him my start last week. But anyway, uh, seven targets is that threshold that I look for personally uh, when I'm, I'm considering a tight end volume is everything, especially with the tight end landscape, the way it is. Janu's going to catch balls. I, I mean, his catch rate was somewhere over 70% last year. I don't remember off the top of my head. Go to my Twitter. There's a, a ton of threads about him. Um, but he's going he's gonna to catch them. It's not going to be the 57% that we saw. The Jaguars gave up a really modest line to Jack Doyle. So you might be a little skeptical because, oh, oh God, Jack Doyle couldn't do it. Why would Janu do it? Well. Number one, because John is way better. The matchup, in, in terms of who's going to be the primary defender on Johnny Smith, uh, it's Josh Jones. Tell me if you know who Josh Jones is. Do you guys know who Josh I feel Jones like there's is? Like eight Josh Joneses in the league. Yes. None too great. Yes. So Josh Jones is, I believe, the starting safety for the Jags. Don't even know that for sure. It's not, uh, but, not Ronnie Harrison because we have Ronnie Harrison. That's true. Uh, so that's a matchup that I am not really afraid of. I know PFF has it at a push. Neither one has more of an advantage. That's bullshit. John has an advantage over anyone who guards him, um, except for the Broncos. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so ultimately, I mean, the matchup doesn't scare me. John got seven targets and he's going to catch more of them this week. So he's going to be a tight end one again. Just yep. trust me. Yes. Christian just shout out his A1 tight end like this. Yeah, right. Yeah. But all right. I've avoided I've avoided I doing no fan. Shout out the tight end three performance. You see how it did there? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you ranked him at three this week. <laughs> <You> psychopath. <laughs> that is not- 
I'm full sending, bro. I don't even care. Again, I know it's so good. A different term than full send. How no. about I full send my foot in your ass? You shut the fuck oh, up. Why are you gonna come down to Medina and do yeah, it, like, do it I, Randy? I've driven the hour before. I'll do it again. Uh, hey, so before we get into our sits, we are gonna talk about Thrive Fantasy. Uh, I am the king of Thrive Fantasy. I won my first uh, contest that I played in. I won $70. You can also win $70. But wait, there's more. You can use <laughs> you can use promo code THECUT and get an additional $20 onto your first deposit of $20 or more. I won my $70 off of a $2 contest. I'm going to win another $70 off of a $2 contest this week because I'm fucking awesome. Actually, don't feel confident about it this week. Uh, you're not seventy piece of shit. Then you're not all. That's fine. You can have it this week. All right. Well, that was just me. Um, Thrive Fantasy. Listen, guys. I, I know you've heard us talk about it before, but the player props. It's a really fun way to play daily fantasy. I I love DraftKings. I don't love FanDuel. Um, but Thrive Fantasy. I actually had more fun playing last week. Partly because I was winning and I only missed one player prop, but uh, I think I'll still have fun even if I lose, which I won't because I'm the shit. I am the king of Thrive Fantasy. And you won't because me and you give good advice on the DFS show this weekend coming up. Stay tuned. (laughs) Somehow. Looking at the. Or the other we give good advice <laughs> <laughs> that is true yes so go download thrive fantasy the link is in the description all joking aside we really love this app i think i said before that uh i had issues when i was putting my money in my first deposit in and their support reached out to me within 20 seconds so uh they're a really good company good app download it use our discount code or promo code the cut we use it. We're going to continue to use it, and you're going to love it. <laughs> Damn it, I missed the anchor ad. <laughs> I had to add that in. I, I, <laughs> I was so sick of hearing I, I could recite that whole anchor ad. Yeah, and it was me like, saying it. Word for word. Right. Yeah. All right. Word for so word. a couple sits for us. Um, going to go a little bit of snake here, apparently. That's how Christian typed it in. Um, my... First sit is a guy that everybody was prioritizing on their waivers other than Naeem Hines, Malcolm Brown. He looked great in week one, um, but he goes on the road in Philadelphia. And while the uh, Eagles struggled um, down the stretch against Dwayne Haskins and the Washington football team, and they did end up losing that game, Peyton Barber had two touchdowns. He had like 15 yards. And Antonio Gibson had another like 30 on the ground. I, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but um, as a team, they rushed for under a hundred yards, I want to say. Um, and I'll have to fact check that, but the Eagles are a team that we always, especially like last year, we started focusing in on them as a matchup that you don't want your running backs to go against. And I, I think that's the case again here. I do think at home, Carson Wentz is going to get into a little bit more of a rhythm. I do think that Philly could very much get up early. And if they get up early, Jared Goff's going to have to throw to bring them back. And Malcolm Brown will not be the guy that's on the field if that's the case. Brown's upside comes for, for his touchdown production. Don't see that happening against a very, very, very stout Eagles front seven. Fade Malcolm Brown. Yeah, and you 
you didn't even bring up one of the biggest reasons for me, and that's that Cam Akers is still the starter, yes. <laughs> according to the depth chart and how it played last week. And he got 15 touches, as well as Henderson getting touches. This is a three-back system. I, I agree that you should have picked him up, but you should not be playing him this week. Yes. Going into a guy that uh, me and Sean may disagree slightly on. Um, <laughs> my first is, is going to be T.Y. Hilton. Uh, this ties in partially with my start of the week at running back with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think he tears up. I think it's going to be a running game. I don't think Rivers throws anywhere near 46 times. So for me, uh, that's a big reason. Another big reason is Paris Campbell, who tied him with target share last week. They both moved around the field the entire game. You add in Hines, you add in Pittman, you add in Doyle, and Jonathan Taylor slightly. That's a lot of mouths to feed on a team that I don't think is throwing that much. Nine targets out of 46 is a decent target share. He split that with someone else. If we're cutting down 16 targets, I don't want him really as my wide receiver two or maybe even not even as a flex, being that he's only going to get five or six targets, it seems like, according to last game. And I, I really do believe that the rest of this offense is good. And the only way they're winning is if Rivers is not throwing the ball 46 times and throwing two picks to a terrible defense. They, yeah. they, Punt. They lost because of Philip Rivers. They're going to win this week because of Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> so I'm with you here, and I do want to mention I saw someone, one of the like main wide receiver guys. It might have been like that Brad Kelly guy uh, that focuses. It, I think it might have been Matt Harmon actually. Someone highlighted that Paris Campbell was running the Keaton Allen routes. That's the guy I want. Uh, if Ty Hilton is the Mike Williams. <laughs> then I don't know what his long-term outlook is. I know, Sean, you disagree on that, uh, so yeah. I won't harp on it too much. But. Another another point, I mean, Sean brought up good points in our discussion earlier. Another point he brought up was that there, last week, the, uh, the, <laughs> I, I straight just forgot who they're matching up against. <laughs> it's the Vikings, who just gave up a million yards. Thank you. Gave yeah. up. I three touchdowns. Tough, yeah. gave up four touchdowns at three different receivers. Yes, and you said they got beat deep. Well, uh, in my opinion, Paris Campbell's the deep shot guy. I know Hilton was that for his career, but I think Campbell's a faster receiver, and they both move all around the field. I just don't think this is going to be a wide receiver one type offense, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't love it, but I I can see where you're coming from and I could very much be wrong, but I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta stay true to my a ones, man. Hey, oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta have one that works, right? Yeah. And bells on the IR. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can't remember who my other receiver was. Oh, Robert Woods. Robert Woods is fine. He's, he's my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're good there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Chris, you all right. have two. I do have two, and I'm going to be short and sweet. Drew Locke, because the Steelers' defense is really fucking good. Uh, I think that the Steelers have the best defense in the league. They did show that they are beatable week one. Daniel Jones beat them deep, um, and Daniel Jones looked good at times, but the Steelers' defense also made him look like a rookie, and he played a lot more than Drew Locke last year. Um 
Drew Locke is more he's closer to being a rookie than Daniel Jones. I still believe that Drew Locke is probably better than Daniel Jones overall. And Drew Locke has it, man. He looked sharp, uh, but there were still some mistakes. And I think that if he makes those mistakes this week, the Steelers are going to make him pay for it. I, I I like Drew Locke's long-term outlook. I just would not fuck with that matchup, especially like in one quarterback leagues. If you think about starting Drew Locke, uh, the best advice I can give there is just quit, <laughs> quit fantasy. <laughs> I mean, let's just yeah, like you said, you can you can like Drew Locke as a quarterback, you can like his future, and you can not like a matchup. That's that's never been a question. You can right. there's bad matchups every week. I mean, shit, we we didn't we didn't take it into effect with Saquon Barkley last week, and we all saw how that happened. Yeah. Uh, and let's be real, uh, Drew Locke looked like Daniel Jones a little bit. <laughs> on Monday night with all those fumbles out of the snap. So it's true. Um, all right. And then my second guy <laughs> is actually tied into my running back start of the week. And it's Mark Ingram because he looks slow and old and JK Dobbins is going to run away with the job. So I would not even start Mark Ingram in a flex this week. Oof. That might be a, that might be a hot it, take. It, I think it is. to the point where we, do, I just, I think it's too. We always talk about not overreacting after one week, and I, I, I this is eventually going to be Dobbins' job. But we don't know in a closer game what the Ravens are going to do to split up the backfield. I don't know if J.K. Dobbins is necessarily the goal linebacker just because it happened against Cleveland. I don't think it it's going to stay that way for the first couple of weeks. I could definitely see Mark Ingram finding the end zone this week. Yeah, and the the end zone is the biggest part for me. Uh, I I am fine with the set of week. I think Dobbins uh, is the better running back, yeah. anyways. But the the touchdown is kind of still a question for me. In my opinion, Dobbins got the touchdowns just because he was on the field, not he got subbed in for the goal line work. Plus, they so, didn't really need. Yeah. Think about it; they didn't really need Ingram to be on the field. No, they didn't. No, the Browns were awful. Yeah. But again. Still fine makes there. Sense. It still may, yeah, it still makes sense. Yeah. Moving into my second set of the <laughs> week. Uh, this is going to be a little short and sweet too because it ties See, into Christian's. I like how, for the record, for our listeners uh, in our show doc, Christian's uh, notes for Mark Ingram's set of the week was CRB start of the week, and Randy's uh, our Randy's set of the second set of the week says C Christian's. Yep, and it also <laughs> moves on to say, well, my my second set of the week is Melvin Gordon. That is even after the news about Philip Lindsay, this is just a really bad matchup for this team, man. They made Saquon Barkley look like a bad running back running the ball. Like, holy shit, I don't want to face this anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm I, scared to watch the two games that I will uh, for the Browns against the Steelers now. I, I'm just not excited. I know, again, it's one week. Barkley could have had a bad week. He, he got it done through the air. The problem is... Like Gordon can do that, but they have other guys. I still think Fant has a good week. I, I'm just I'm off Melvin Gordon this week. I, I think he needs touch at least one touchdown to be relevant. Speaking of Saquon, did you guys see what Tiki Barber came out and said today? That he doesn't no, he doesn't no. believe Saquon's a three down back because it bothers him that he won't go out and hit anybody in pass protection. He's that he's a big guy that's afraid to hit people. Like those are Tiki Barber's exact words about Saquon Barkley, and I found that kind of funny. 
I think Tiki Barber is jealous because Saquon's already the better Giants running back. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I just I just thought Randy mentioned it. No, that, Saquon. I yeah, thought that was interesting. That's insane. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, my second sit of the week to wrap this up here is uh, John Brown. Now, I, I feel like seeing the week he had kind of makes everybody think, oh, he's a weekly flex play. He probably is most weeks, but I, I I don't want to this week. He mispracticed Wednesday with a foot injury, which John Brown and like those kind of injuries, not not a fan because John Brown get like wins on deep routes. And the Dolphins also brought in Byron Jones, who has gotten better every season that he's played, and he's averaging uh, over the last two years, he's averaging just seven seven point two yards per target. Um, when he's when he's in coverage, he's going to line up on John Brown's going to line up on mostly the left side, which is where Byron Jones plays. So I think he's going to be stubbed. They brought in Byron Jones. One of the reasons was because of how bad John Brown beat the Dolphins last year. I think they just got sick of it because they have Xavier Howard on one side. Um, so I and I, I to be honest, I don't think that the Bills are going to throw the ball a ton because I think with them playing the Dolphins. I think they're going to get up early, and I think they're just going to feed Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I don't think I don't have any reason to believe that the Dolphins' defense is going to score points on the Bills when they scored 11 points on the Patriots' defense. Who Patriots' defense is, is not as good as the Bills' defense with all those guys out thing out. I'm I'm out on John Brown. I think the common denominator here, Sean, between your two uh, sits is you don't like Browns. Oh, don't. so. Are you now not a Cleveland fan because you don't like Browns? No, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm a Cleveland fan, Christian. I, I, what about Jim Brown? All right, so what do we learn on this podcast today, guys? Apparently that you don't like the Browns. <laughs> uh, do you guys get any uh, closing comments? Yes. Uh, we have a DFS episode coming at you Sunday. Might go live Saturday heavy on the mite got to test it a few more times we tried going live again i think my computer's just a weak ass bitch and needs to hit the gym um but we'll see i mean i so i i've been watching a lot of videos again like i said it in an episode a little while ago if you guys know anything about stream labs now because i apparently didn't have the right obs uh if you know anything about stream labs hit me up uh, I have a freaking little MacBook Air, which is not ideal for streaming, but we're going to try to make it work. And if not, we'll have a video coming at you uh, Sunday morning. I hope yeah, it can't be as late as it was Sunday morning uh, this last week. That's for sure. We had a rough, we had a rough Saturday night. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the definition of an oof. Honestly, the worst part was we did stream, and the first like 15, 20 minutes were perfect, sounded good. There was some very, very slight buffering here and there, and then apparently Christian switched windows and it just fucked everything for the for the rest of the night. I I doubt that's completely true, but that's like what you said immediately, and I was like, how? I just want to go home again. I just, I just want to quit. <laughs> yes. About two and a half hours later, we actually just recorded a video instead. So either way, we're, we're either going to stream right away or 30 minutes later, we're going to be recording a video. 
<laughs> There's no in between this yes. week. Yes, agreed. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Oh, go check out the website. I know we we told you to go check out the website for the rankings, but uh, we've got a ton of really great articles going up. Uh, one this week by me, one by Brandon, another by uh, Mr. T. Pascar, I think is his uh, his name on our site. So uh, hit, hit up the articles section as well. But not, FFB. But not by Sean. Sean's not even an author yet, so neither's Randy. Didn't get that invite. So <laughs> Yeah, hit up Burke. Hit up hit up IT Burke. All right. And uh just a reminder for those of you listening, um, take your Browns and Bengals out of your flex and put them in your receiver or running back or quarterback spots. Don't keep them in your flex. Leave yourself flexibility for the weekend. Good luck in your week one week two matchups. Go win all of them and thank the cut when you do after looking at all of them. For Randy Hall, Christian Williams, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys next week. We gone.